Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hempresent, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. Joey Beckerman is an internationally renowned hemp industry's pioneer and legal expert who's been involved with the hemp and cannabis movements for over 30 years. Among a world-class list of roles she fills, Joy is the principal at Hemp Ace International, a consulting and expert witness firm serving the global community. And Joy is president of the Center for the Study of Cannabis and Social Policy. You can learn more about Joy's unique history and many leadership positions at hempace.com, or you can just keep listening because Joy is in the house. Welcome back, Joy, to Cannabis Radio. So great to be here, Vivian. Love Cannabis Radio, and I love you, my brother. It's wonderful to be on Hempresent. Oh, man, the love is mutual, you know, and of course, I want to mention that you and Irie originally met at the High Times Cannabis Cup in 1995 in Amsterdam. And the rest, as we say, is hempstery. What an amazing journey it's been since then, huh? So much so, so much so, brother. God, the body of work that we have left in our wake, particularly you with Seattle Hemp Fest and the thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that you've touched, Vivian, it blows my mind. <laughs> well, you know, we both stand on the shoulders of giants, man. Um, so true. And, and, and in that vein, let's just kind of start off, let's kick it off by you giving us your thoughts on this, just the current status of industrial hemp in the United States. What, what's, where, where, where are we at? I am so happy to tell you that, of course, with the 2018 Farm Bill that legalized hemp as an agricultural commodity so that it could take its place and reclaim that place in the broad light of day among America's other agricultural crops without the shackles of the Controlled Substances Act, uh, we are moving forward out of this, unfortunately, um, bubble of, a, of an untrustworthy boom of hemp extract. Uh, many folks grew originally acres and acres at 1.220,000 acres across the U.S. of hemp for hemp extract, specifically at the time for CBD, cannabidiol. Uh, and we learned the hard way, our farmers learned the hard way that it takes, oh, a little bit of hemp to make a whole lot of CBD. CBD distillate. So there was a giant overproduction. Um, and that market is starting to stabilize a little bit in terms of folks are realizing they cannot um, make a good living trusting that that market. And so we're starting to see farmers grow for grain and fiber. But we've been asking farmers to grow grain and fiber varieties of hemp, even though there has been very little infrastructure to grow that crop. And we've been asking investors to 
to invest in that infrastructure, even though there has been very little crop to feed those machines. So one foot in front of the other working in tandem, we're starting to see that move forward and we have more uh, fiber infrastructure and processing facilities popping up in the United States. We have four currently, uh, as well as grain processing facilities. But that's what we're looking at, brother, is needing that infrastructure to process what is ultimately the longest, strongest stock in the world. And we need those processing facilities within 50 to 100 miles of every biomass feedstock. And currently, we're at four. Uh, so it looks like last year, according to the USDA's recent report, we were somewhere around a total of 54,000 acres of hemp that were planted um, openly under the licensing scheme across the 50 states in 2021. Wow. So it's a nascent yet developing industry, right, with, with, with nothing but room to grow. Exactly. We're all just going whaling for the rest of our lives. The opportunities are endless. And which which brings me to what's very unique and wonderful about industrial hemp is that this is where we're going to learn coopetition and cooperation because there is so much opportunity at every step of the supply chain and so much infrastructure to be built that we're only going to be able to deliver on the promise of hemp if we worked together. Uh, so this is really a, just a great opportunity to see cannabis work as the great synthesizer that it is in these commercial um, developments as this infrastructure grows. Coopetition is the mission. Yes, sir. Um, is there a 2003 farm bill coming? Yes, every five years, ultimately, uh, there is a farm bill, right? Now, we had the 2014 farm bill. It was supposed to take place in 2013. And in fact, most of that in wheeling and dealing and negotiating did go on in 2013. It's just that it wasn't actually passed and signed into law. So we call that the 2014 farm bill. But yes, the last one was the 2018 farm bill. So 2023, another one is coming up. Now, farm bills like appropriations or omnibus bills are what we call must-pass bills, meaning that they are so vital to the function of government and to the needs of the country that they must pass. And that's why we see appropriations bills and oftentimes farm bills that include provisions and amendments that actually don't have much to do with the subject of the bill itself because that's the currency by which Washington, D.C. and that sausage-making process wheels and deals with each other because they know a must-pass bill must pass. So they sort of use that as currency. And so, yes, 2023, it's coming up and there is much to do to fix uh, some of the deficiencies uh, and injustices from the 2018 Farm Bill. Um, Joy, uh, particulate microplastics are littering the oceans. They have recently been detected in the blood of humans and in the lung tissue of human beings. We desperately need alternatives to petrochemical plastics. How far do you think we are from having marketable biodegradable hemp plastics? Uh, how, how viable is that? I am so happy to report to you that we have compostable, biodegradable hemp plastic products on the market available as it sits today. Like all things, and particularly when it comes to cannabis in any of its forms, whether it's hemp, adult use, or medical, we must keep our critical thinking hat on, however, and really understand that there are products being marketed as being compostable or biodegradable and 
compostable and biodegradable under the name of, of hemp that actually are not. So we have false advertisers out there. There is an incredible company, Green Tech Planet, also known as Green Tech Packaging, a great, just brilliant entrepreneur, Jordan Hinshaw, an environmentalist who has founded that company based in California. And they, uh, and, and I believe even at uh, Seattle Hemp Fest last year, I had, I interviewed Jordan Hinshaw because he's such a hero in this space, um, who is actually creating hemp biodegradable compostable uh utensils called uh, utensils called hemp utensils and straws as well biodegradable compostable compostable uh hemp plastic straws and there's certainly more on the way bear in mind that there was another company out there that got to the market first that markets their straws as fully biodegradable and compostable and they actually are not we have done testing on them Wow, that's impressive. But is so there, much more is coming. So much is, is, is coming. Is there enough hemp uh, material to supply a, a plastics industry? Uh, when we say plastics industry, we are talking about something that's absolutely major. So whatever industry we're discussing, the answer currently in the United States is hell no, no right? absolutely no. <laughs> not. And even if there were, we that would be terrible for the farmers because most of it would rot in the field because there is not infrastructure right. sufficient to process, process right that biomass. Yep. But it is coming, my brother, it is coming. And there is tremendous demand, believe me, in the biomass and biomass energy uh, uh, sectors, which are huge. And that, that comes down to, to methane as well as pellets because hemp herd pellets burn actually. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Old Line 150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C much cleaner than wood and have the same BTUs. So they have the same capacity for energy, but they burn more cleanly. And obviously it is a naturally fast growing renewable resource, 70 to 180 days versus obviously a tree, which would take at a minimum 20 years to grow to be viable for paper, much less wood pellets. So that demand is huge. And these these sectors are, are going, where are we going to get the hemp? Where are we going to get the hemp? And so there is just a lot of connecting of dots right now i'm very proud to serve as an advisory board member to the national hemp growers cooperative which uh is founded by the former state of mississippi usda rural development services director um who has just tremendous experience with this and is has been tromping across the planet for a year connecting these dots so going to these conferences getting involved with big industry and getting letters of intent so that they can get members to the co-op to grow the plants match that 
with letters of intent and actual contracts with the manufacturer. All of that needs to take place before we can really feel good about telling our farmers, really the most innocent and trustworthy uh, members of the supply chain here are the folks who actually grow it. And we do not want them to have unsuccessful experiences like they did in hemp extract in 2019 and 2020. Yeah, I mean, the legacy farmers, as we know, are just being wiped out. What, what, what are the dynamics between industrial hemp and euphoric or intoxicating cannabis? Um, are intoxicating cannabinoids that are synthetically converted from hemp derivatives impacting efforts to fully realize a vibrant legal industrial hemp industry? You know, it's an interesting thing. We didn't really see this coming because, of course, when we lobbied for all these 30 years and then finally got the feds uh, to go ahead and pass this legislation to remove hemp from the Controlled Substances Act and expand the definition to include in the definition of hemp, it's cannabinoids, extracts, derivatives, compounds, isomers, salts of isomers, the whole bit. All of that has been removed from the Controlled Substances Act. That was with the legislative intent and understanding that those cannabinoids would be non-intoxicating. But you give science and the free market a little bit of time and people are going to figure out how to get you high legally. And as it turns out, that gigantic glut that we had, that huge overproduction of CBD or hemp extract varieties of hemp that we, we've been discussing here, uh, those go bad eventually, right? There's all shelf life to a botanical extract. And so, and we still have just unbelievable tonnage of 2019 hemp sitting around in warehouses much and 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 even more of the processed crude hemp extract and 55 gallon drums all across the United States so folks started to say hey let's see what we can do with this we can synthetically convert CBD to delta 9 THC to delta 8 uh, THC so what they did when it comes to Delta-8, which is not Delta-9, but is very similar to a Delta-8 tetrahydrocannabinol, which of course is the intoxicating cannabinoid, the primary intoxicating cannabinoid in cannabis, uh, they figured out a way to synthetically convert it. Now, as it turns out, there are several ways to synthetically convert it, by and large, being done, I would say, bathtub gin style with residual solvents and caustic reactions. Um, there are very few companies doing this in a way that is quality assured uh, and with no further contaminants or residuals in that finished product. So having said all that, we started to, I don't say we, the responsible hemp industry wants nothing to do with intoxicating products under the guise or name of hemp being put into the stream of commerce without any uh, safety or age restrictions. These, these products are being marketed to children. They are available to children. They often have massive label violations. They don't even contain what they're supposed to. So it is, it is becoming a problem and multiple states are, are figuring out ways to frankly try to regulate it out or get control of it in their state as we are doing at the federal level and and is being addressed at for the 2023 farm bill i'm talking to joy beckerman the hemp ace we're gonna take a quick break and come back with our second segment with the human encyclopedia time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present hang loose we're coming right back we're back with joy beckerman uh joy can you touch on the THC content restrictions for hemp, for industrial hemp? I know it's very complicated and, and I think it changes from state to state. How are they holding back the industry? What are the dynamics there? 
So we've got THC testing for plants growing in the field, and that is at the federal level that has been set in federal law. And in that same federal law, the 2018 Farm Bill, it said, hey, states, you can have a more restrictive definition of, of how much Delta 9 THC, but you cannot have a less restrictive definition. So at the federal level for plants growing in the field, it is a maximum of 0.3% Delta 9 THC, which is quantified by calculating the uh, cannabolic acid form of THC, which is tetrahydrocannabolic acid, the precursor to Delta 9, and uh, the Delta 9 THC. And we use a mathematical configuration for that that I, I won't get into. Now, additionally, there are finished products. Bear in mind that the 2018 Farm Bill, that is an agricultural bill. And the definition of hemp was placed in the Agricultural Marketing Act of 1942. So, I'm sorry, of 1946. So we really defined a plant in that bill. And what we've been doing is applying that definition to finished products. But the reality is that our definition is for a plant. So for finished products, it's the same. Having said that, the states are all created a bunch of different types of definitions, particularly in the last session, due to the fact of this rise in the market of these intoxicating hemp-derived uh, consumable products. And so they have started to adjust various states, their definition. And believe me, it's a patchwork. So I'm just going to give you a couple of examples. But some states have started to include Delta 8 and Delta 9 in their definition. Some have included Delta 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10, and their optical and stereoisomers of each such substance, and tetrahydrocannabolic acid, and even tetrahydrocannabidivarin, so a varin form, THCV. So we're getting, due to the lack of command of the science um, by these different states, combined oftentimes with hysteria around the potential for intoxication in these states, it can be a deadly combination and we get some really misguided law out there. Um, but but that's what we're what we're talking about, just varying definitions across the 50 states for finished products and some even for uh, the field. Now, in the, for the 2023 Farm Bill, there's currently a federal uh, bill in play right now, the Hemp Advancement Act that we've worked very hard on and, and we expect for it to be rolled into the 2023 Farm Bill. Obviously, standalone bills don't usually go very well or very far at the federal level. Uh, and that too would be redefining. It actually creates a definition for something called total tetrahydrocannabinol uh, concentration. And, and if, so at the federal level, we would actually redefine total THC or define that as including Delta 8 and Delta 9 and the optical isomers of each such substance. Um, what impact has the CBD craze had on those working to produce hemp for other uses like building materials, food, uh, etc.? So I think, and, and by the way, I misspoke a second ago, just want to make sure th uh, that that proposed definition actually includes D8, D9, and D10, and the optical isomers of such substances, how we're proposing to redefine it at the federal level. Now, to answer your, your next question, um, 
which is an excellent one. You know, in the big scheme of things, looking back, we're going to say, oh, there was a little blip there where people were really focused on these magic beans that were going to make them $100,000 an acre, which of course is ridiculous. Right now, and because we're we're at this nascent stage, it seems like it was a horrible thing that happened over the course of two years. Um, the reality is when we focused on CBD, and hemp extract, we are not focused on the trillion dollar industries, the industries that are going to provide both environmental and economic stability, particularly economic stabilities for our farmers, environmental stability for all living beings and the planet. And that, of course, are the oil, seed and fiber industry. So indeed, in going for uh, that that uh, golden ticket, as it were, in addition to the fact, and this is just a very practical practical matter, again, no infrastructure to process the oil, seed, and fiber varieties, whereas we had this prolific infrastructure for botanical extraction. Um, folks folks foc focused on that. Many lost their shirts. Um, and so I would say that we're going to have basically a little temporary uh, heartache, and we see it at, at state levels, sometimes lawmakers and regulators, and sometimes farmers and entrepreneurs that say, oh, that's a nightmare. Everyone said we were going to make a million dollars in hemp, and look what happened. We're not going to grow any of that. That, as the infrastructure grows, um, and certainly educated farmers and, and folks who are well aware of the global scheme of industrial hemp, what it really means and what its potential is, aren't bothering with that sort of defeatist attitude or pessimistic attitude, because they understand that build it and they will come. We need to build the infrastructure, grow the crops, and we are going to deliver on the promise. But yes, a bit of a hiccup as everyone focused on, on uh, ridiculous pie in the sky ideas of, of their gains that they thought they were going to make financially from planting hemp extract varieties. George, speaking of the global scheme of hemp, uh, hemp has been grown and exported in other countries for a long, long time, and America has really gotten in late in the game. In, in your expert opinion, how far is America from being able to compete in the global marketplace in terms of industrial hemp production and export? You know, it's fascinating that folks want American stuff so badly that we're already starting to export certain things. It's just incredible nice. how popular we are in the United States. Having said that, to put things in perspective, to this day and since prior to it, and by prior, I mean hundreds of years ago. So there has never been a time in U.S. history that we have ever met our own needs and demands for hemp, and neither has England. We have always imported. Even when we grew the stuff with no problems at all, we always imported. And then we have remained and, can, and are to this day still the largest importer of uh, raw hemp materials and manufactured hemp goods in the world. So wow. we are, we will be, that, that is going to start to change. Um, but that significantly, it is, it's an important thing to, to understand about, about America, but that will start to change. That's amazing. Um, does the hemp industry have any friends in the Congress and Senate? Do we have any outspoken advocates making efforts to assist the industry by crafting legislation to remove all these legal and regulatory obstacles that, that currently exist, these kind of, of you know, ridiculous uh, obstacles? Absolutely. I mean, very, very powerful ones. Now, things change. We won't get political on this show. And so I will I will hold okay. my oh, you can get political if you want, man. Oh, thank you. I okay. Do. Well, 
Praise God. Uh, although even that is political. I mean, uh, from, thank the universe is what praise, I'll say. Praise Jaw. <laughs> praise Jaw. Um, that uh, you know, we went we went blue and democratic. Uh, yeah, man. How, however, it 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 was certainly prior Senate Majority Leader Leader Mitch McConnell and current Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, right. who is a massive proponent um, for uh, for, for him as well. Him. At, for his state of Kentucky, but for the nation. I mean, he spearheaded that farm bill. He he normally would never be a part of conference hearings for a bill and so on and so forth. And yet he took his time to to do those things because he really wanted to see uh, hemp through. But I, I'm not going to sit here and, and praise McConnell. Um, what I will say is that it, it certainly helped to have someone who clearly has that much power, including yeah. the power to stop everything with cannabis. But we had a friend in, in him with hemp. So that was very powerful. But we have, of course, Senators Ron Wyden and Jeff Merkley, Democrats from Oregon, who work in hand in hand with uh, with Senator McConnell for, for several years. Since 2013, they've been working bipartisan across the aisle and across the country uh, to bring these bills uh, to fruition. Uh, additionally, though, we have several representatives, Representative Shelley Pingree from my home state of Maine. She's the one who was put forth and we worked very hard with her, the Hemp Advancement Act that we hope to roll into the 2023 Farm Bill. And we have three separate bills uh, right now. And by the way, Senator Schumer, the Senate majority, the current Senator majority leader is a very big friend to hemp. He's even more nice. so a friend to adult use and medical cannabis, as you know, but he, we can get him to sign whatever we need him to sign. And he has absolutely supported all of this hemp legislation. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to leave it at that. We're going to take another break and come back for our final questions with the amazing Joy Beckerman. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. And we're back one more time with Joy Beckerman. Joy, you are just so amazing. You know, you are, the, I just to say that the cannabis industry culture movement is so lucky to have people like you. Um, what are your final thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? How can people follow your good works? Uh, and I understand you got your own podcast. I do. And let me just say, I will be your reflection any day of the week, Vivian McPeak. Uh, <laughs> you know, my final thoughts are always engage in the process. Like you, brother, this is all about a massive call to action. Also, it's no good or used to be alive if we don't have a purpose. So anyone who is looking for a purpose-driven life or a place to belong we, sh we will take you in the hemp movement and in all forms of cannabis movement, uh, but we want to engage in the process. We in this country, despite everything that you see on TV, we are in charge. The people actually lead and there are so many ways for us to actually influence the decisions that are being made that affect our lives, laws and regulations. So I, I want people to, to engage in the process. And how can they do that? Uh, they can listen to Hemp Present. I have a podcast, Hemp Barons. I want folks to know, and this is actually the first time I'm publicly announcing it, that my podcast, Hemp Barons, which I've been doing for a little over two years, we're going to be rebranding it to Joy of Hemp. So nice. uh, indeed, and, and you can certainly go 
to joyofhemp.com. Currently, it's going to lead you right to hempace.com, which is my expert witness legal support and consulting firm. Uh, but I'm moving over to Joy of Hemp because I want to really inspire and educate people in a way that is fun and in a way that really engages them to be involved in the process and to become activists and advocates and find their voice and find their purpose and find a way to belong. And I, I don't want to do it anymore by lecturing about law and policy. I want the joy of hemp to be in everybody's hearts and minds and empower them to find their voice and their purpose. Wow. I can't wait uh, to check out the new brand, man. Uh, everything you do is so impressive, Joy. I have so much love and appreciation and admiration for you. And it's just great to have you back on the show, man. You're always uh, an endless cornucopia of, of knowledge and stuff. Whenever I can be here, brother, you know, um, it's my great pleasure and my great honor to support all of the work that you do, uh, the tremendous reach that you have. And, and I cannot thank you enough, Vivian, for, for these opportunities, for your ongoing inspiration after all of these and across all of these decades. Thank you, Vivian. Oh, well, right back at you, my sister, right back at you. And that concludes this installment of Hamperson on Cannabis Radio. When it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. The Hamperson intro music is from Seven Mile Beach by Joanne Rand. And the outro music is from Take Back the Plant by Stickerbush. See you next week, folks. Stay strong. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.